If you're like me, you care about getting the most from your workouts, which means wearing the finest performance gear. You know, fabric that dries quickly and has superior moisture wicking properties. Fabric so soft and comfortable, you could, well, curl up and sleep in it. Introducing Sheeks, spelled S-H-E-E-X, the world's first performance bedding line. Sheeks began when two former elite athletes and coaches had an aha moment, combining everything we love about quality performance fabric with everything we love about comfortable, irresistible bedding. Unlike traditional sheets that trap heat, sheets are breathable, so you aren't constantly waking up to throw off covers or add a blanket. So you sleep deeper, longer, and better. And sheets bedding looks as good as it feels. Colors and styles that can match any decor at a price that will pleasantly surprise you. And right now, you can try sheets for 30 nights risk-free. Just go to sleepcoolnow.com. Use promo code 1212 and get $40 off any sheet set. That's sleepcoolnow.com promo code 1212. Sleepcoolnow.com, 12-12. This is the final live broadcast hour for the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Where for the past two years plus, each and every Sunday night, we've talked about the news of the week. I've provided you with the sometimes bizarre details of my very strange life. And where we provided you with a three-hour oasis of honesty and rationality in the desert of insanity and deceit, which is the American media, cultural, and political landscape. My name is John Ziegler. And there are many reasons why this is the final hour of the final live broadcast of the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. You can get the full story at our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com, and check out the extensive column that I wrote today explaining exactly why I have made the decision to end the show at the end of 2016. And, uh, you know, it's a very unusual situation. This whole show has been very unusual. This show is unique, which is why the column... (laughs) is the way that I wrote it, because this, I think the demise of this show is rather emblematic of something way, way, way more important than me or the program itself. Because I think the news media is completely broken, and I think talk radio is completely broken. And I believe that my view of, for instance, the truth and the way that a program should be done, a show should be performed... Is basically a square peg in a round hole world. The media is now dictated by what is popular, not by what is true. A well-crafted fairy tale will always be way more popular than an unpopular truth. Most truths, most hard truths, in fact, most truths in general, are inherently unpopular because the truth is not always pleasant. And when we now live in a world where ratings are everything, internet traffic is everything, Facebook likes and shares are everything, Twitter retweets and likes are everything, that's all about popularity. So that's all that matters to the news media. What's popular? Not what's true. Well, this show was about what's true. And what's popular today and will be popular for the foreseeable future for the conservative talk radio audience is 
a fairy tale about who Donald Trump is and what he's going to do as president. The truth about Donald Trump, which is that he's a liberal con man, not qualified, and who is going to be very, very dangerous for this country and probably spell the end of what's left of conservatism in this country, doesn't sell. Nobody wants to hear that. It makes you feel badly about yourself for having been duped into supporting him or feel badly about what the future might hold. That's not a story everybody wants, not you know, hardly anybody wants to hear. Not enough to support a program like this on a national platform during a time period when very few people, <laughs> at least the people who would be the people I would want to be appealing to, are listening to talk radio. It's, so it just doesn't work. And I could have continued on with it, but in good conscience, I could not. And so tonight will be the last live broadcast. And once again, you can check out why at freespeechbroadcasting.com. Now, interestingly, the connection to this issue of the truth and the Trump phenomenon and the end of this show was wrapped up rather nicely in an email that I got from a fellow by the name of Mark who references a story I talked about in hour number one, which was that this week I helped debunk, I believe debunked properly, a super viral story involving a Santa from Knoxville, Tennessee, who claimed to have cradled a dying five-year-old boy in his arms. And I believe the story to be made up, probably completely made up. I've written two columns about that, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com. But Mark wraps this all together by writing, John, I hope this weekend is not your last show. I wanted to take a few moments to thank you for two years of escape from the insanity of today's world. For some of us, truth does still matter, and your show was one of the last places I could find it. I must say that you have a true instinct for finding the truth. I look forward to your show each week, although the transformation of Leah, Leah Brandon, my former co-host, was troubling, which I am sure is it is still for you as well. Anyway, if you decide to keep going, I will be tuning in each week from Louisville, which Louisville, Kentucky, we're on on WHAS, which was a station I was fired from many, many years ago, but still have fond memories of. He, he goes on to write, Mark does, it is also so ironic that you have blown the top off this Santa Claus story. For the last year, Trumpsters have been in some form of denial where they look the other way every time he lies or does something else unethical. I have compared this phenomenon to my Trumpster friends as the Santa Claus syndrome. You know that point in your childhood where you're pretty sure Santa is not real, but you want him to be real so bad that you throw out all logic to prove the illogical? I think that is the closest thing in my life that I can compare that can explain the total world of denial that the Trumpsters live in. Anyway, once again, thank you for your pursuit of the truth. Mark, thank you for the fantastic email because I, I do agree with most of that. And I think that that is a pretty good synopsis of why it is that this show effectively has to end because there aren't enough marks out there for this not to be an exercise in banging my head against the wall. So well, that's where that's where we are. Now, the, I'm getting a lot of questions as I've opened the questions up via Twitter, Facebook, or my email, which is talk to Zig, all letters, talk to Zig, Z-I-G at AOL.com. 
in the last three segments, I'll basically answer any compelling question that you have in our final live broadcast hour. When we come back, I will address, I guess, the number one question I'm getting, which is, all right, so are you going to continue to broadcast in any way? And what about the that Penn State case? Are you giving up on that? So I have uh, answers to those questions, plus your questions as well, again, via my Twitter, uh, my Twitter account, my Facebook page, and my email. Your last chance for Ask John Anything, the final 45 minutes on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. My name's John Ziegler. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. Welcome back. My name is John Ziegler. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network heard across this formerly great nation of ours. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. This is the final hour of the final live broadcast, not just for this year, but forever, as I have decided that in the era of Donald Trump, uh, there is just no place for this show to go in the future, and it's just not worth both the effort as well as the money to our investors to try and continue to bang my head against the wall, given the current environment that exists in the conservative talk media world. The reasons for that I explain in a column, which you can find at freespeechbroadcasting.com. And in our final three segments, I've opened it up for one last edition of Ask John Anything, which is exactly as it sounds. If you have a question that you want to ask me, if it's compelling, I'll answer it on the air as honestly as possible. You can ask it via my Twitter feed, Facebook page, or my email, which is talktozig at AOL.com. The number one question I'm getting deals with whether or not this program will continue in a podcast form. I would like that to happen. I don't know if it's going to or not. I honestly don't have an answer to that. I, I think that, that that's a potentially viable way of moving forward. I would be willing to put in the work to do it. By the way, you might be interested to know, I don't get paid to do this show. This was basically an experiment to see whether something like this could actually work, and I failed at it. I failed at it for reasons that (laughs) I think are rather telling about the nature of our current media and our political environment, but I failed. I think that a podcast, from a content standpoint, might even be better than the show as it currently exists because there are no commercial breaks. There's even more freedom from the perspective of language and content. So it's something that I would be willing to keep doing. I just don't know whether or not I'm going to be able to make that happen, whether it'll be economically viable. It definitely won't make money because I'm not a celebrity. You, you have to be a massive celebrity to make money on a podcast, but could it be done in a way that you weren't hemorrhaging money and it might be worth doing at least in the short run? Yeah, I, I think that's possible, we'll, we'll, but we have not been able to finalize the details on that, and I don't make promises that I can't keep, kind of like my daughter telling Santa Claus today that she'll do her best <laughs> to be good between now and Christmas. So that she can get on the good list. I'm not going to promise 
that there'll be a podcast. There could be. I'll certainly keep you informed via Twitter and Facebook and what have you, but um, and freespeechbroadcasting.com. But I, I can't make any promises about that. Uh, Joe, who's actually an old buddy of mine from way, way back in Steubenville, Ohio, Joe Garrison, he wants to know, has a series of questions dealing with what the future holds. And, and Joe's clearly delusional about where my career could go from here. He wants to know, am I going to do any more documentary films now that I have more time? Or might I go into uh, local TV news, which is how I started many, many years ago. Back in the early 90s, I was a TV sportscaster at the NBC affiliate in Steubenville, Ohio, Wheeling, West Virginia, which is how Joe and I met. And uh, Joe has become a big fan of this show. Uh, I'm amazed that Joe thinks that uh, either of those options are viable at this point. I cannot possibly do a conservative documentary film because there's no way for me to one, get it done. And two, more importantly, get it out there in a viable fashion because I'm persona non grata at Fox news for a number of reasons. But number one being I'm anti-Trump and in the, you know, I would love to make, I would love to make a documentary film very much like I made in 2008, 2009, called Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected. I would love to make a sequel, Media Malpractice, How Trump Got Elected. But unlike the, the Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected, there are a couple things very much working against me. When I did that movie in 2009, the key to it was getting Sarah Palin to do her only major interview after the 2008 election. And so therefore, the media instantly cared. And boy, did they care. They cared even way more than I ever anticipated they would because it, to this day, is by far the most extensive interview Sarah Palin ever did about the 2008 presidential election, and she did it from her home in Alaska when she was basically being sequestered there when she was still governor of Alaska. So I had a hook, and I had a conservative media that, that wanted to tell the story of how the media had effectively elected Barack Obama and destroyed or as I said in the title of the movie, targeted Sarah Palin. So there was a base of support there. And that movie did very well. It didn't do nearly as well as it should have because of a lot of internal screw-ups. But it did very well. As well as any conservative documentary at the time had ever done. And it debuted on the Today Show in an interview I did with Matt Lauer. I was on The View. and So that was... It wasn't a pleasant experience. I worked my ass off. It was a miracle I pulled that off. But Overall, it was a positive. Not only is there no Sarah Palin in this particular situation that I could have access to, nobody on the right is going to want to tell the story that I would tell because it would be criticizing the conservative media for selling out to Donald Trump. The left-wing media has no interest in that, especially not coming from me, and I'm not a celebrity. I'm a conservative non-celebrity telling a story that they're not that interested in. So there's no place for me to go. And basically my documentary film career is effectively over at this point. Very least, certainly with regard to conservative political films, at least until Donald Trump is out of office, because I'm very much on the record as anti-Trump and I'm, I'm not buying into the cult. You got to buy into the cult. If you want to feed at the trough, or even be able to survive. And 
me working for a local television news outlet is that's preposterous. There's no way I, I'm in, totally, completely unhirable by a local television news outlet for, well, for one basic reason, it's called Google. <laughs> Google basically eliminates me from working almost anywhere. So neither of those are really options. I, I hope the podcast will be, but I, I again, I'm not going to make any promises that I can't keep. I, I think it's about a 50-50 proposition at this point. All right, uh, when we come back, I'll answer the questions about what about the Penn State case I've been working on for the last four-plus years because I do have a little bit of an update on that. Spoke with the NFL Hall of Famer Franco Harris today, and I want to take more of your questions. So this would be a great time to ask me a question for Ask John Anything via Twitter, Facebook, or email. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. My name is John Ziegler. Welcome back. My name is John Ziegler. This is the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Our website is freespeechbroadcasting.com. This is the final hour of our final show. As we are ending this uh, program officially at the end of the year. So the last time you'll hear this over the air is on Christmas night. Still trying to determine whether or not the show will continue in some form as a podcast. I can't guarantee that or even really with the confidence say that I think that that's more likely than not to happen, but I'll give it my best shot to try to make it happen. So I'm answering your questions in our final, I guess you'd call it Ask John Anything segment, getting several questions about the uh, so-called Penn State case, which I've devoted way, way too much time and effort and too much of my reputation in trying to uh, both find and expose the real truth of it, referring to the so-called Penn State quote-unquote scandal. For those of you who have never heard me talk about this, your mind would be blown if you knew one one one-thousandth of that real story as I know it, having no connection to Penn State and having investigated it more fully and more objectively than any other human being. Uh, You can find out as much or way more than you ever want to know about it at my website, which is www.com. Framing Paterno, that's Framing Paterno as in Joe Paterno, FramingPaterno.com. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's intended to be figurative, not literal, although (laughs) this year it basically turned into a literal framing of Joe Paterno. The bottom line of it is I can tell you that I am positive that Joe Paterno was innocent in that whole deal, that Penn State was innocent in that whole deal, and that, believe it or not, Jerry Sandusky is innocent in that whole deal. I didn't believe that at the beginning, but I'm positive of it now. And I even have a, a series of audio tapes from a sting operation that, that a fake victim, fake accuser of Jerry Sandusky performed on the primary attorney in the whole case. But unfortunately, the media has moved on. They have their narrative. They have a bigger agenda on this case than any story I've ever seen in my life, including even Barack Obama's election. They just don't want to hear anything other than the story that they want to believe because they put too many chips down on this one. And there's really no hope for this being fixed. 
ironically, when I debunked the Santa cradles, the dying five-year-old child in his arms story this week and went on the Glenn Beck program to do so, it appears as if I've gotten Glenn Beck and his co-hosts interested in the story in a very large way. In fact, Glenn indicated shock when his co-hosts told him about uh, my findings on the story and indicated he wanted to revisit that early next year. We'll see whether or not he remembers to do that. But at this point, as much as I'd love for someone like Glenn Beck to, to actually provide a forum for the truth in this scandalous, horrendous miscarriage of justice, I don't think any one individual or any one outlet has the power to turn this thing around. And I had indicated a couple of weeks ago that now that Penn State has qualified for the Rose Bowl here in Southern California, that it was possible that I would plan something around the Rose Bowl that you might hear as a news story as me doing something to focus media attention on this injustice, at least with regard to Joe Paterno. There's no way I could do anything with regard to Jerry Sandusky, but with Penn State getting enormous amounts of media coverage for their incredible football season this year and going to the Rose Bowl, I implied that I might try to do something of a uh, of a tricky nature, although I was going to be limited because my wife is a huge fan of the Rose Bowl parade. And, you know, she's already sick and tired of my spending so much time and effort with no hope of <laughs> – I've lost money on the case. I've lost jobs because of the case. I'm screwed by Google for the rest of my life because of the case. So, you know, she has no patience for hardly any effort I make on this situation going forward. But she certainly doesn't want me to do anything that would imperil the, the Rose Parade, which is, as I mentioned, one of her favorite events. I had a couple of ideas, one of which was, and I did some research into this and came fairly close to actually doing this, hiring someone to do this. I wanted to hire a skywriter for some writing, you know, skywriting, you know, indicating uh, Joe Paterno's innocence over the Rose Parade and over the Rose Bowl during the tailgating before the Rose Bowl game. It's actually fairly inexpensive for the amount of media coverage I think that would have generated if done right. However, I've referenced numerous times in this program that former Pittsburgh Steeler great NFL Hall of Famer Franco Harris and I have become very close because of our basically being in the same foxhole in this story as he's been Joe Paterno's biggest celebrity defender. In fact, at times his only celebrity defender and a guy who I would take at least a bullet for. I have that much respect for Franco Harris, which is rather ironic since when I was growing up as a Philadelphia Eagle fan in the suburbs of Philadelphia and Bucks County, I despised the Steelers and couldn't stand Franco Harris. Thought he was a coward for running out of bounds all the time. And now here we are legitimate buddies. And I threw this idea past him and, and Franco, I, I think is very concerned about doing anything to take away from the current team and their Rose Bowl experience and very concerned that the focus be on them, which I can respect. And if he doesn't like the idea, then I'm definitely not going to do it because that's how much I owe him and how much respect I have for him. So him not being into that idea has killed any I, any effort 
any major effort at least with regard to doing something at the Rose Parade. We also were hoping, I was hoping to do some sort of event, uh, you know, public event with Franco about the truth of this whole case in Pasadena or in Los Angeles surrounding the game or the day before the game, what have you. Uh, but I think Franco is is a little tired at this point, both physically and emotionally, uh, mentally tired after five years plus of fighting this incredibly brutal battle. And while he still wants to do a few things in the next year regarding this, uh, he also was not enthusiastic about doing anything there. So I don't think we're going to do any public event, and there's not going to be any major organized trickery surrounding the Rose Parade. It's Is it possible that uh, I may attend the Rose Bowl <laughs> Parade and may do something symbolic that won't get any attention. Yeah, that's that's real possible. And I'm sure you'll you'll find out about that if you follow my Twitter feed or my Facebook page. But I think Franco, like like me, uh, is at a at a place where we're starting to realize, you know what, we did everything we could. We were in the right, uh, but this is one of those situations where right is unlikely to actually win. And at a certain point. You, you got to face that reality. So that's the update on that. Uh, let me try to answer a couple more questions in our last few remaining moments of our final broadcast here. Burchill, who's a big fan of the show, tweets, Zig, what professions have you always, have always interested you in life, be it ones you could have or never could have? And then he says, uh, all the best to you and the family. Uh, I, the way I interpret that question is basically <laughs> what would you have done if you had preferred other than the, the career path that you chose? And I have to tell you, my career, as I referenced earlier tonight, has been exceedingly interesting. I mean, I have done some really very fascinating things, most of which have caused me a lot of psychological pain and suffering. <laughs> Uh, and have definitely not helped my bank account because I've never really been incentivized by money in this business. I've been incentivized by things that really have no value anymore, like pursuit of the truth. It's partially why this is the final broadcast of the Free Speech Broadcasting Network, because there's just no place for that anymore. It's certainly not on talk radio. There might be in writing my columns for Mediate, maybe a couple of other things. But by and large... I'm a square peg in a round hole world at this point. Uh, and so it's really hard for me to say, I wish that I had never pursued media. Cause I mean, I've, I've been a TV sportscaster. I've been a talk show host. I've been a, a television commentator. Uh, I've been a documentary filmmaker. I've, you know, I've been a columnist. I've done none of these things particularly well, never been a major success in anything, been a minor success on some high levels in some of those endeavors, but it's always been fascinating. And so even though it's caused me a lot of pain, it's hard for me to say, you know what? I wish I'd never pursued it because I would have missed out on a lot of things that, you know, really kind of make life worth living, even when it's painful, because at the very end of my life, one of my goals, maybe my primary goal is to know that I left it out all out on the field. I took every shot I could I took every opportunity I could. I held nothing back. I have no regrets. I'm a big no regret guy. So that being said, there's a big part of me that does regret 
going into elements of the news media because the news media has dramatically changed during the time period that I've been in this business. And also, you know, when I grew up, to answer Birchill's question more directly, when I grew up, all I wanted to do was be a basketball and golf coach at a private high school and teach social studies or political science. That's all I wanted to do. Coach basketball and golf and be a social studies teacher. Didn't care that I wasn't going to make hardly any money doing that. That's what I wanted to do. To this day, that's what I would love to do right now. But I can't. Now there's no chance because of the Penn State case. It's absolutely impossible for me. All I got to do is just Google John Ziegler, and no one's ever going to get past, well, what? What? He went on the Today Show and said that Jerry Sandusky was innocent? What? What? First of all, he's nuts. Second of all, got to wonder about, you know, what, what, what's the deal there? Now, it's way more trouble than it's worth. So, and not to mention the fact that I'm a conservative, which already <laughs> makes me untenable in 98% of private high schools across the country to be teaching anything, especially political science. So that's probably my, if I have a regret, that's my regret. Cause right now that's what I'd love to do. If, if you could, if I could do that now and never make another major media appearance the rest of my life, I would take that deal, but that deal's not plausible because of Google and because of political correctness and people never going beyond a headline, but that's the world in which we now live. All right, last chance for you to ask a question. Our final segment on our final hour of our final show coming up next on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. Welcome back. This is the final segment of the very final edition of Free Speech Broadcasting. My name is John Ziegler, and we're playing Ode to Joy for my critics. Most specifically, I'm sure Sean Hannity is uh, toasting this development. Uh, Good to see that Sean finally gets a break this year. (laughs) It's almost everything else has gone his direction, despite the fact that he doesn't deserve it. So uh, why wouldn't it end that way for him to, to see one of his biggest critics I uh, call it quick quits uh, for his radio show, largely because uh, his boy, Donald Trump, has made it basically impossible for this show to see a path to success in the near future. And if you want more details on why this is the last live broadcast of this program on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network, go to our website, freespeechbroadcasting.com, and uh, you can check out the very extensive column that I wrote explaining in great detail why it is that I have made the choice to end the broadcast at the end of 2016. By the way, in about a half hour from now at freespeechbroadcasting.com, you'll be able to check out the podcasts for this entire show. And I urge you to listen to the first segment of hour number one because my daughter, Grace Ziegler, was the guest, and I should have just ended the program right there because there's never going to be a more entertaining segment In fact, there may never have been a more entertaining segment of radio I've ever done in my entire life than what Grace Zickler, my four-year-old daughter, provided in segment one. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Last question for Ask John Anything. 
it's interesting to me how long some memories are for some radio listeners. Clyde asks a question that I don't have nearly enough time to answer, but he wants to hear the truth of the KFI blow up, which happened over 10 years ago when I was working at KFI radio in Los Angeles, doing the show after the John and Ken show. And the incredibly long story short there was that on September 11th of 2006, the fifth anniversary of 9-11, I got in an off-air fight with John Cobelt that turned into an on-air fight. And frankly, it wasn't even a fight. I simply asked him a question as to whether or not he had reversed himself on the Iraq war because he really believed that the, the Iraq war was wrong now, even after he had very, very, very publicly supported it when it began, or whether or not he was shifting his position for ratings. And he went bananas on me off the air. And then on the air, he went even more bananas on me. And and then when I went on my show, it was very obvious that he went on a search and destroy mission for me for reasons that I think were, were very clear because I think he had said some things off the air that, frankly, I... I believe to this day to be some of the most racist things I'd ever seen or heard. And he needed to be destroyed. And since he's the guy who does the afternoons there, makes a heck of a lot more money than I was making for the station. Uh, the station was going to back him, not me. They decided to then make my life a living hell to the end of my contract, which lasted for more than a year. Somehow I endured that period of time, I have no idea how, while still doing a quality radio program, in fact, even breaking some major national news during that time period, uh, which I'm very proud of. But uh, eventually, the contract was not renewed, and that's when I went into the documentary filmmaking. So that's the short version of the KFI blow-up. John and Ken are perfect for this era. Absolutely perfect for this era. They, In fact, they are the precursor to the Donald Trump media because they are able to see where their audience is going and they craft their opinions based upon where they think their audience is. And it's designed completely and totally for nothing other than ratings and revenue. And that's why they're successful and that's why they're on the air. So if they can sleep at night, more power to them. All right. I have some thank yous that I, I need to provide here in our final moments the first uh, thank you goes to a high school friend of mine by the name of Dave Petruco, without whom this show would never have gotten off the ground. Uh, Dave has been a, the biggest supporter of the program, and I owe him a ton for this. And I'm really sorry that I failed in trying to make this thing into a success. Dave's friend Kevin was even bigger supporter in all this and has been the greatest I wouldn't even, I would hesitate to even call him a boss because he never even acted like a boss. Partner is how I would refer to Kevin, who has been tremendous. And I am really sorry that I was not able to make this thing into a success. And because of decisions I made and because of things outside of my control, uh, this thing turned into a failure. But Dave and Kevin, uh, I'm forever in your debt. Our webmaster at freespeechbroadcasting.com is Ken Pollard, a guy who has been incredibly supportive all the way back to the KFI days with very little in it for him, put in a ridiculous amount of time for all of my web properties and does a fantastic job. Contact him if you ever uh, need any web work done. Thanks so much, Ken Pollard, for your help. Alejandro, thank you very much for, for your 
work as the board operator uh, on this endeavor. It's been two years plus of trying to do the best and most unique talk radio that I can do. And while I feel an enormous amount of guilt that I was not able to make this work, I know 100% that I gave it my best shot, that there was radio done on this show that was better and more credible than probably any other radio show during that time period in the entire country. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world where that can work anymore. (laughs) And that's not all my fault, but it was my fault for thinking that it could work and not being able to somehow make it work against all odds. As far as where we're headed on this, look, folks, I'm hoping for the best. I'm bracing for the worst with regard to Donald Trump. But heck, I know a lot of you Trumpsters out there are very happy to see me go, and you think that this is fantastic, that this program will be off the air. I wish you luck because you're going to need it. You know, heck, maybe the, maybe the luck will continue with Donald Trump. With me, it's just works. You know, it's magic. That's what we're going to need. We've decided to put all of our eggs in this basket of Donald Trump and rely on magical thinking. That's not what I thought conservatism was about, but that's what it's become, the cult of Donald Trump. Make sure you... Stay tuned to what I'm doing at freespeechbroadcasting.com, my Twitter and Facebook pages, my columns for Mediate. Freespeechbroadcasting.com will definitely be the place to go for whatever I do next. I want to thank you for listening, and I want to wish everybody a very, very Merry Christmas. So long. I'm John Ziegler. Take care.